if we're talking about like really crappy shows that people watch anyway, I could name a couple. Ooh. But like, name some names. Let's uh in our in our first official podcast, let's get let's get burned from uh from the industry. Okay, so I'm a... no no don't really name the okay. name. Um... <laughs> Hi, I'm Xander. And I'm Kim. And you're listening to Geek Primecast, the official podcast of Geek Prime. Flash edition. So we're going to talk about Flash Season 5, Episode 2, just aired last night. And, well, for when we're recording this, you're going to be hearing it probably tomorrow. So what, Kim, what are your big big moments, big takeaways from the episode? There's the whole Caitlin and her father thing. Yeah, yeah. Um... And she and she's when uh, when he vibed her, she saw her mother writing the death certificate. So that's there's yeah there's definitely a lot wrapped up there. Yeah, and there's all yeah. Then there's Cecile kind of freaking out about raising a child when she can't read minds when anymore. She can't read minds, and she thought that the the reading minds part was gonna give her the the upper hand in parenting this time around, and and she sort of freaked out. I think one of my favorite moments in the show is when Cecile's freaking out about losing her powers and how she can't read her baby's thoughts and and now she's back to I guess being the sort of mediocre parent she thought she was going to be. Or maybe just fine parent. Yeah. No parent can read minds and there's some really good parents out there so I mean you know. Yeah. When Joe was giving Barry advice about Nora and Cecile was around the corner listening, and, and Joe's advice sort of spoke to her kind of on a different level about how you kind of just, you know, parenting is hard, and you, you just kind of have to feel them out instead of read their thoughts, you know? I, I think that was a really nice moment, and it was really well done, and it brought, um, you know, a sub-storyline together with the main storyline really, really well. Yeah, and I, I just one more sub 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 storyline that I don't think is intended, but I love is Joe just sitting in that chair. He has not moved since they were in that lounge uh, at Star Labs that no one knew existed. Oh yeah. So since Wally left, Joe's just been in that chair. He's just been sitting there dispensing advice and just relaxing. I really like the uh, the B story in this episode with Ralph trying to help Cisco get over oh, Gypsy, yeah. mostly because. I I really am into the Ralph Dibney on the show because he's very much a mix of elongated man, which is Ralph Dibney in the comics, but also plastic man. He's got that that snarky kind of jerkish edge to him that plastic man has and not just the straight up good guy amalgam of Mr. Fantastic that elongated man has and so i'm interested to see if they introduce sue dibney and if if she was an easter egg somewhere and i'm forgetting i think please I don't think beat us up on twitter no i think you're jumping really really far into the future but i mean who knows they might not even have sue come into the show i mean i hope they do because she and and Ralph are a very interesting dynamic. She's the only non-hero that's allowed to be considered part of the Justice League. Even Lois Lane wasn't given that honor. She makes him more interesting. She's very interesting herself. But I mean, who knows? The Adams wife, Jean Loring, we've already seen as someone not associated with Ray at all. They could just be 
taken away out there, but I like to hold the idea that they'll bring Sue into Ralph's storyline at some point when they decide to stop making him Plastic Manny. Well, here's what I was thinking is that the last episode and and this episode and piecing all the clues together, we think that they're building up to to Crisis, the, the comic books, mm-hmm. where Ralph is a central figure. But isn't Sue a, a tragic figure? Well, that's in, yeah, in, in Identity Crisis, they're really big. I, I'm still not sure if they're building up to Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths or if they're building up to Infinite Crisis or if they're building up to their own kind of crisis. But with Red Skies and the death of Barry Allen or the disappearance of Barry Allen, it seems really like Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths is more the the way they're going with this. But it would I wouldn't put it past them to, yeah, make Ralph and, and Sue kind of fold identity crisis in there and make Ralph and Sue more central characters because that was the, you know, the you know, death of Sue Dibney was a big yeah. factor in identity crisis that led to infinite crisis. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Okay. So after episode one premiered, we posted an article and I had a couple questions at the end. So I want to kind of throughout the the season of The Flash revisit and see if any of these five questions get answered. The first one, how long will Nora stick around in 2018? Looks like for the foreseeable future. Until uh, until at least the end of the season so far, it's looking like. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm happy we get to keep her. She's an interesting character for me because unlike most of the people in the flash who are who are just pretty righteous pretty agreeable their hearts in the right place and all of that stuff and even though her heart's in the right place i I like that you know there are moments where you love her and there are moments where you love to hate her and i think that brings texture to the characters yeah i i think it's interesting that it's not another harry even though harry is my my favorite on the show and i'm excited that he got teased for the next episode i think she's gonna be around obviously for a while so that brings us along to question two who presumably killed gridlock and now we can say officially killed gridlock and we have an answer to that one it was cicada Cicada, yeah so this guy is trying to trying to kill metas just left and right we're going to talk more about him in a minute but now we're going to move on to the next question. How reliable is this soft events advice from the legends? And this one, this one, I'm still, the jury's still out on this for me because the legends don't have the best track record with keeping the timeline intact themselves. Will Nora spill any more beans about the future of Team Flash? So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think she's going to... Be able to keep quiet about the Flash Museum and, and other stuff? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, she definitely, and, and it's, you know, part of it, part of it is her nature. And, and, you know, part of it is that, you know, I think she wants to change the timeline a little bit. I, I think she's, to some extent, trying to prevent her father's disappearance so yeah she's going not not only is she gonna spill the beans on more stuff she's probably gonna really mess with the timeline she's probably going to alter some events like i said about the soft events thing i i think she's gonna mess with things more than the legends are kind of giving credit for but also i mean i feel like the this week's tease where iris knows who cicada is and that he's a serial killer i think that obviously comes from Nora and I think and that's 
again, goes back to the whole soft events thing. I think that she's changing things because she didn't mention anything about Gridlock getting killed by Cicada when she initially said, oh, you defeated him really quickly in that first fight. And that was that. So I think she's already changed things. So then my biggest question, number five, is she friends with and does she know John Diggle Jr.? I, we haven't seen grown-up John since that one episode of season one of Legends when they went to dystopian future Star City, but I, I, I'm pretty sure, and I'm a little too lazy to Google, so again, don't beat us up on Twitter if I get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Legends went to 2049, where Star City was under siege by bad guys, and Oliver had one arm, and John Diggle Jr. was the Green Arrow. And I, I want to know if that's tied in somehow with, with the Flash and with the Crisis and all that. I mean, he'd only be a couple of years older than Nora. And, I mean, heroes tend to know each other. So, I'm interested. I'd be really impressed. I mean, you know, not to knock the Greg Berlanti DC universe. They've done an amazing, amazing job tying together all this series. And, and the crossovers have been amazing. And, and the fact that something that happens in one show and not necessarily in, uh, in another does affect the other shows. They've done a really, really good job. But... I feel like that's kind of reaching to to assume. <laughs> it's definitely reaching. Yeah, that's I, what I do is reach. I would be super impressed if they if they go that far to make the connection between her and John Diggle Jr. Yeah, and I mean they could always go back and and cheat it somehow. I mean they are the writers of the show, yeah. so I mean it has to be conducive to the story. Yes, you know. So if there's a reason oh yeah, for if they just wrote it know, in for no reason, then that would be dumb. But yeah, if they if there's a reason for them to know each other and they wrote that in, that would be really cool. So now we're going to move on to Cicada, the big bad of this season. So, Cicada, he sounds like a bunch of oversized crickets, clearly doesn't like metas. A little background on who he is in the comics. He's a, a Christian preacher at, in the early 1900s. He gets, I believe, struck by a bolt of lightning, and or lightning's involved somehow, and he's given immortality, but he was already kind of crazy and abusive, so immortality kind of makes him more so. Gets to the present day, and he kind of obsesses over the Flash the way Reverse Flash did because of the similarities of how he and the Flash both got their powers. Kills people that the Flash tries to save. I guess in this iteration, he's just trying to kill all metas. We don't know what his reasoning is right now, but we do know that he is uh, he is not a nice guy. What are your thoughts on Cicada? Well, it took me a while to realize that it was actually the actor Chris Klein, who I, I most people recognize him from American Pie. He's mm-hmm. the like hunky everyman, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's the jockey friend. Yeah, in in American Pie, he was also in a using a bunch. He yeah. ruled the two thousand. That was that was his era. Yeah, there's election. Actually, that was nineteen ninety. Both of those were nineteen ninety nine. Sorry. Um, yeah, and he was in, it like, We were soldiers, just friends. Like he is all over. 2000 that was interesting to to see a familiar face play a bad guy which i don't you know you don't really think of him in that context yeah he's generally the plays the clean cut good good looking good guy yeah 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 he's super clean cut i do like when actors that we know from a lot of work from 10 15 years ago and they've obviously been doing other stuff since then but we remember them from those 
those older roles, I like when they show up in these kind of things because it's kind of kind of gives you a new look at them and and you kind of get to see their range as an actor like how how is he going to play as as a bad guy i mean he we've seen him mostly with his face covered mostly cricketing but yeah i'm i'm interested to see and i want to know why he was so affected by nora at the end there i i know that you were saying that you 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 thought maybe he was scared of her for some reason yeah maybe he's i i don't know i She's from the future, so I don't know why he would recognize her, but maybe she's maybe this isn't her first time time traveling. Yeah, I think it might be the the way she said dad that really seemed to to get to Cicada when he was about to maybe kill Barry. Maybe this Cicada didn't just have a wife but also had a kid and there's gonna be emotions wrapped up in that and it's gonna be the guy with the family versus the guy who maybe had his family taken from him. But I'm also interested in his knife because it kind of at first looked to me like the Flash symbol from the front of Barry's Yeah, but costume. it's like huge is yeah. the problem. It's like really, it's huge and it's like kind of corroded a little yeah. bit. So. Yeah, it made me think of Zoom. Yeah, there and there's like, I think there's like one extra Yeah, yeah, so it. maybe... Maybe uh, and maybe it's his obsession. Maybe the Cicada does have an obsession with the Flash like the comic Cicada did. And he made that himself, which is a kind of Etsy nailed it. <laughs> or is it it's a Pinterest nailed it, right? Yeah, I think it's Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. Well, you so, can do Etsy. Oh, yeah, so he, he, he nailed it with that Flash symbol knife. Yeah. So next week's episode, obviously it, it looks like Cisco gets into a bit of trouble. It looks like Iris somehow knows about cicada like i said probably from from nora what are you what are you looking for for next week i hope that the scene that we saw where cisco supposedly dies and barry is shocked and he's mourning um i hope that there's a way to undo that or maybe that was just a misleading tease you know the same way people would watch the walking dead and and say that you know if daryl dies we're gonna stop watching I think it was if Daryl dies, we riot. Yeah, is the, yeah. <laughs> the phrase there. So if Cisco dies, you riot. Yeah, Cisco's it's be a riot my of one. Cisco's my Daryl. Cisco's my homeboy, and he's my my favorite character. I think not just on the Flash, but in the Greg Berlanti universe. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking he's a he's a really good character. I was you know I was thinking just this past episode, and maybe it's because there's been a break and we haven't seen them in a while. Just kind of admiring whoever writes for him and maybe it's a team of writers but but whoever writes for Cisco or really informs Cisco's character is truly truly a geek and they're just such nuanced things not just his references and not just his t-shirts but just certain things he says and the way he says it or the fact that they're not limiting geek to any one particular topic that that he's hinted at liking sci-fi fantasy but also superheroes but also science and also all of these things i think whoever it is that writes for him is truly one of us yeah. you know and, yeah. and, and it's so authentic yeah and and carlos valdez himself is a is a pretty nice guy we got a chance to meet him briefly yeah. a couple of years ago and he's a very nice dude so very... he brings it, yeah. He brings it to life pretty expertly, and, and the real, the real Carlos is not. Yeah, no. He he even said he's he's not into not the geeky T-shirts. Geeky. He'd rather just wear a you know a cardigan. He's pretty and stylish, like a, actually. Yeah, yeah. He really he really does really well with that character since it's such a departure from 
his his real personality. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think that makes it a little better. What you were saying about his little phrases, I think one of my favorite phrases of his, it might be actually my favorite all time, is someone mentioned Star Trek Voyager, and he said, and he just really off the cuff said, I hate spinoffs. I just love that because The Flash, obviously, there's a reference to The Flash yeah. itself being a spinoff of Arrow. So it's very, yeah, they're very self-aware yeah, with, just... with it of both who the audience is and who... And what the show is. Yeah. I personally think that it's going to be... I think it's a red herring. I mean, unless they plan on dropping a bomb in the third episode of this season, I do think it's a red herring because, you know, it's oh, there's always a... Which of the team will survive? And, you know, there's always some kind of misdirection. I don't know if it's going to be... So maybe Cicada gives Barry a vision that Cisco dies. Or maybe Cisco gets just really badly wounded... I feel bad because there's also a, a villain that we, we didn't talk about at all. The blonde. Oh, Block. Yeah, there was Block. I, she oh, was such, villain of the week. Yeah. I, um, what's funny is like she was such a throwaway villain that we like completely forgot her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I she was just there to kind of advance the cicada storyline. I thought she was there to advance the Flash Nora storyline. Well, yeah, uh, you know, you're right. That's probably more what it was, but I think she served both purposes, obviously, by Barry and Nora getting more familiar with Nora's abilities, and then Cicada stabs her at the end. She was uh, very, very interesting. I think, I think it is interesting that we are kind of struggling with her, and we almost forgot about her even though it was for totally different reasons, Cisco just kind of threw away the. He just went, oh, color block. Yeah, he like um, phoned that one. Yeah, in. he phoned that one in, and it was. It's just interesting. I mean, nothing against that character, nothing against you know, the acting on it. It was just, I think, a weird character. We'll see if she even makes it. She's dead. Yeah. Well. Well, no. Remember, Nora took her to the hospital. Oh, she did get taken to the hospital. Yeah. So. Good on Nora. Maybe she turns into a good guy. Maybe. There's a lot of offensive powers right now. I think we could use a defensive power, like block. She's technically a human shield. Technically. So I think that's one thing I always look at. It's it's, A meta-human shield. You know, I'm not super into sports, but I think my, my one sport that I can speak competently about is superheroes and good guys versus bad guys. (laughs) <laughs> and things like that. I, I always is that in the Olympics this year or, uh, I, I, in, in I Tokyo. I hope so. I don't know. Not I, this year. But... I, I like looking at the strategy. Do we use this kind of hero to fight this villain, or do we team up these two heroes and create a different superpower between the two of them that fights mm. this villain? It's. I always think that stuff is interesting. So I don't know. My hope is that she wakes up and becomes a good guy. Well, and then we get a defensive, we get a defensive player on the field. We'll see. Oh, good (laughs) reference. All right. Thoughts on Arrow, on the new season of Arrow? I'm not gonna lie. I, so Arrow this season for me, and, and I don't think it's just this season. I think it's been the last couple of seasons. It doesn't have the same appeal as it did the earlier seasons. I, I'm not sure that I can pinpoint what it is, but I will say... It's Tommy, isn't it? 
It, it, you know what? I loved Tommy. Um, I, <laughs> you I still can't get over season one. I appreciate that they brought Roy back for me. They, I, Roy was my favorite Arrow character. He's still my favorite Arrow character. I just don't know how many seasons I can take of Oliver as a douchebag. I just, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if they're trying to persuade me to be on his side or not be on his side. When and, Stephen Amell finds this podcast, he's going to be very upset <laughs> that you said that about Oliver. I'm sorry. We mean that about Oliver, not about, yeah, not about you, Stephen. But I'm just... You know, I like the whole, is he good, is he bad, does he have the right intentions when it, when it comes to Batman? I feel like for Green Arrow, it's just, for me, it's it's he's more bad than he is good. You know, even when he tries to be good, when he's like, he had his no-kill policy for that one season, but I was like, it's really yeah, inopportune. for a couple seasons. Well, it was I a really inopportune no-kill like policy. And also, he was like, okay, I'm not going to kill, but... All of you other guys on my team, you can like do what you want. So it's I just don't I don't get him. You know, like that's what it is. I just don't connect with him anymore. And not that I, I think, ever connected with him, but I connected to all these other characters, and they took them away from me a little bit. I think a big thing, uh, and you're not the first person I've heard that from. Uh, not uh, like a similar thing from about about Arrow. I think what it is is that Arrow was really interesting to a lot of people when he was just figuring everything out. Yeah. And when he was dealing with consequences from, like, Tommy's death and... There were vulnerabilities. Um, he, you could Sarah tell, coming back to life. Yeah. You yeah. can tell why he was acting the way he was acting. And the reason that I think, the the deeper reason why you and a lot of other people have turned down on, on Arrow is that it ha- he's been in this space for so long that it's just a job like he's just doing a job and he is not particularly good at uh, he's good at the job he's not good at personnel management and uh and worse you're basically seeing a guy yeah obviously very different from everyone else's day-to-day but you're essentially just seeing a guy who has learned the ropes and is now just kind of doing his job Day to day, even though now he's in prison this season, it's still he's it, still just doing the arrow job. And I think the not having the flashbacks, like once we had season five, and not having the flashbacks was a big turning point. Uh, I do th- have hope for this season though, because I'm very interested in the flash forwards to William's kind of search for Roy and why. Roy is apparently on, I guess, on Lian Yu yeah. and what he's doing there and what William's seeking him out for. And Roy obviously lives to that's, when William is however old. You know what? That's and the William sh- clearly William clearly lives. So if if anyone threatens William from here on out, we know it's a bunch of BS. But. Yeah. I, you know what? That's the show I want to watch. I want to watch William in the future. I want to watch Roy and I want them to flash back to where we are now Ooh, in the Arrowverse. That could be very interesting. Yeah, just like turn the re- show on its head yeah, and, and it. make William the, the main character and Roy the mentor. Yeah, because honestly, I didn't care much for William until they made him an adult. <laughs> and and I think, you know, with this, with this one episode and this one flash forward that we have and this one meeting of adult William and, and his quest... I want to know more, and I'm more interested in him, and I'm and I'm more interested in his character too. I want to know 
I want to know if he's good or bad. I want to know what his intentions are. I want to know his story because I'm frankly so tired of Oliver's story and it keeps repeating itself anyway. Yeah, the, there was there was the, the beauty of the flashbacks and being able to inform Oliver's story more from his backstory. But once we once we reached once we resolved season it. five, yeah. it was kind of, uh, or season six, I guess, it was kind of you know over for that but yeah no the the future william and future roy is really interesting and arrow writers room will be sending you a spec script verdict is more colton haynes oh no i love i mean colton haynes is a human i love (laughs) um i follow him on instagram and it's probably one of my favorite instagram accounts yeah um He, he is living a pretty great life yeah well he's also very honest he's he's struggled with mental health issues and things mm-hmm. like that. He struggled with coming out and coming to terms with his sexuality. So I'm glad Roy is back. I'm glad Roy has a storyline. I'm glad William grew up. Mm-hmm. I just need to see more of that. Yeah. I guess. And any quick thoughts on Titans? Titans? I was surprised by, actually. In a good way? In a yeah, bad way? Yeah, no, in a good way. You know what? So many... People online, so many like pundits and things. I don't know if that's the right word, but pundits for uh, for superheroes. Are we technically now pundits in the superhero yeah. verse? Well, so many people gave it such bad reviews, and I don't know what it's based on. If we're talking about like really crappy shows that people watch anyway, I could name a couple. Ooh. But like, name some names. Let's uh in our in our first official podcast let's get let's get burned from uh from the industry okay so i'm a... no no don't really name the name okay. um <laughs> well that'll be a that'll be a secret podcast later that we'll do and uh and hope shows nobody listens that we to. hate shows that we hate but like also watch anyway mm-hmm. well that'll probably come across as we talk about shows but yeah okay so titans got a lot of flack online and i was expecting the worst to be honest i was re- expecting a really awful show it was mm-hmm. really good it was like gotham meets kick-ass meets daredevil <laughs> did i span all of the all of the I fandoms think, there i think i think you hit yeah you hit every yeah. you hit dc you hit marvel you hit indie so you yep. i think you got it there that's there's 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 a little element of of each of those things in in titans and all those things are beloved and i was really happy to see i thought the the storyline was great i thought the acting was great I thought the costumes were great. I mean, we've seen some pretty crappy costumes. I like I <laughs> like, like the fact that I, that you're able to figure out just who everyone is immediately, oh, just yeah. based on you know you're able to the first second we saw Raven, we oh that's Raven, okay cool. Oh, the first yeah. minute we saw Starfire, we, okay that she's wearing the purple, she's Starfire, that's cool. Robin and Beast Boy weren't that hard to figure out. I think they did a great job. Special effects, costumes, I. It's it is really hard to make a superhero show. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting that they're making it as brutal as Daredevil, Punisher. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. I was like, there's something Daredevil slash Punisher about this show. And and I think that what this show is in the one episode that's aired so far. Episode two airs on Friday, so probably when you guys are listening to this, it'll be tomorrow night. But for us, it's Friday. Well, for everyone, it's Friday. Anyway. What I like what they've done with Raven is they did what Suicide Squad should have done with Enchantress, where the demon part of Raven is coexisting, but just under the surface. And I'm, I think it's interesting that she kind of, I, I mean, she's very different from 
Enchantress and June Moon situation, but I feel like it was more subtle and more just better done with Raven with the way they're they're doing it. And I like that the 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 demon character is is kind of a separate entity. I'm interested to see how that goes out because it, it walks out of her to kill that guy that is trying to kill her to stop her demon father from entering our world. It's cool, and we've only met like probably half the Titans at this yeah. point. So I'm I'm excited to meet the other ones. I I think it's going to be a really good show. Yeah, should we yeah. do a podcast on it? Oh, we should definitely do a podcast on. It. So keep an eye on this feed. We may drop another episode this week about titans when they're going to be introducing hawk and dove so i guess that is that's it for our first official episode you can follow us on on social media on we're on facebook we're on twitter geek prime x we're on instagram geek.prime and you can always go to the website geek-prime.com check out all the articles we're in the process right now of getting all our videos up from New York Comic Con still. We've got some great stuff with Michio Kaku about Mars. We've got some great stuff with Neil deGrasse Tyson about everything. Um, He was great. We have a special little sneak video of Luke Perry from 90210 and now Riverdale interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson. That was a that was a fun little thing. And we've got some stuff about Star Trek Discovery. We've got stuff about Midnight Texas for all you fans of the supernatural. So, so keep an eye on the site. we got some good stuff coming in the next couple weeks. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. See you later, guys. Bye.